especially if there's some snow in the mix. I feel like this is going to be an old school, gritty, defensive grinding game. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. All right, Bills Mafia. Welcome in and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the Built in Buffalo network. My name is Justin. I'll be your host today. And if you have tuned into yesterday's episode with Andrew, um, you already know we're doing some solo shows this week. Just things have been crazy with our work and holidays and all that going on. It's been been kind of hard to lock down schedules and get on the same page, but we still want to bring you the content every week. And tonight we are going to do the Bills Patriots primer. And it's going to be a Monday night game, primetime game. And and to say that this is a big, big game for the Bills, I feel like is an understatement. I mean, this for a team that's had some pretty decent success this year, I would say this is about as close to a must-win game as, as we've had so far this year. Um, we're going to be playing in Orchard Park Monday night. Stadium's going to be ruckus. Um, right now, it's projected to be about 36 degrees with, with a 40% chance of snow. So um, typically for a Buffalo game, I'm all for you know, a nice snow game. I love the way it looks on TV and all that. Um, I think Andrew's going to be at the game, so I, I would love for him to be sitting in the snow. Um, but for this game in particular, I, I don't think it would hold a real advantage for us. Um, we'll kind of dive into what New England likes to do. Um, but they're they're a team that likes to run the ball and, and control the ball and play solid defense. And for a team in the Bills that really like to move the ball around in the air um, and haven't really had much of a, a running game this year, I, I don't think that this is a game where, where it'd be a real advantage for us. Um, so just throughout the episode, we're going to kind of dive position by position. If you tuned in here before, you kind of know how it goes, but we're going to start with the quarterback position. Um, a fun fact I learned this week, Mac Jones, uh, whose full name is actually... Michael McCorkle Jones, uh, <laughs> rookie quarterback, obviously, uh, first round pick this past draft, 15th overall. And then they also have uh, Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. And starting with Mac Jones, in my opinion, he's, he's far and away playing as the best rookie quarterback so far this year. Um, we've seen Zach Wilson. I, I know they have a bit of a different situation with the Jets where the team's kind of not really all there around him quite yet. Um, Mac Jones came in and, and he's not, you know, setting the league on fire, throwing for four or 500 yards every week. Um, call it a system quarterback. If you want to call it a game manager, um, whatever the case is, the skill set that he has is blending really well with what new England wants to do this year. And, and they're having success doing it. Um, and it's a lot to do with, you know, having a pretty good rushing attack, a very good defense, and just kind of asking him to be smart with the ball. And I think he's been very effective doing that. Um, thus far this year, he's thrown for 2,850 yards, 16 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. 
Um, so again, kind of, he's doing a good job taking care of the ball, and um, he is he is converting when he has chances. Um, but what I've been most impressive, most impressed with from Mac Jones is his poise in the pocket. Um, just as a rookie quarterback, it it just doesn't seem like when he's back there, the moment gets too big for him, or you know the game's moving too fast. Um, I've I've seen countless times where he really just stands in the pocket and might take a shot, um, but he hangs in there to to make sure that he can get the ball to the receiver. And I think that's something that you usually see develop a little bit more further into a career where you kind of know how to negotiate the pocket. You know you might have to hang in there and take a hit. Um, but as far as that goes, his poise in, in that particular area has been what's impressed me the most about him. Um, all that being said, the combination of of being, I'm sorry, McDermott and Frazier, um, they've had great success against young quarterbacks um, and just being able to kind of disguise what they're doing and, you know, throw a couple of curveballs in there that, you know, lead to a little extra pressure, lead to the quarterback holding onto it that extra half second, really thinking about what they're doing, and, and that can lead to mistakes. And that being said, I, I feel like there's a, a chance of some of that showing up in this game, um, but also with how well-coached the Patriots always are and and the poise I've seen from Mac Jones so far, I I'm not really looking at this game as, you know, another young or rookie quarterback coming in thinking of, um, you know, what we were able to do with Tua, what we were able to do uh, against Davis Mills. I think Mac Jones is a little bit past that, just just in the cerebral part of the game where um, he's not easily forced into making mistakes. And then you also have Brian Hoyer as the backup if – if anything were to happen to Mac Jones, I think Hoyer's a very capable backup. He's been with New England quite a while. He's he's come and gone a couple times. Um, but he's just kind of that journeyman's steady presence. Um, he knows the system very well. So if something were to happen where Mac Jones goes down, uh, I, I don't think this is like some huge drop off a cliff. Um, if Hoyer wasn't there in the backup of Stidham, I think it's a different story. Um, Stidham's still a very young player, but you know, just going back to last season, he wasn't able to beat out Cam Newton for a job. And as much as I like Cam Newton and what he's done with his career, um, just this year and and last year, just kind of showing the drop off that he's had, just due to all the wear and tear over time. Um, if you couldn't beat him out for a job, you're not giving me much fear. Um, the running backs on offense are, are where this team really starts, and it's it's a focal point for them. Um, you have some pretty good ones here. You got Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and then Brandon Bolden. And Damian Harris, I guess you'd say, is the lead back, but they really it, it's kind of the New England way. They've done a running back by committee for for as long as I can remember, um, but. Damian Harris is the lead back, uh, 154 carries this this year for 643 yards and eight touchdowns. 
Um, he's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. And he's not a guy that they really get involved too much in the passing game. Um, but just both this, both Harris and Stevenson are both kind of that. They'll come straight at you. Um, they'll fight through contact. They always fall forward. And just just rough and tough between the tackles. And, and they really get the job done. Um, Stevenson, uh, fourth round rookie from this past draft, 76 carries on the season for 351 yards. Um, he adds another three touchdowns, and that's good for uh, 4.6 yards per carry. He's kind of more of the bruiser running back to me. You see him a lot in kind of the short yardage and the goal line situations. And all year as I've been watching Stevenson, uh, he kind of reminds me and I don't know if this is kind of showing my age a little bit, of uh, I think they used to call him the law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, um, who was just, he was just kind of that steady running back for the Patriots for a while and not going out there and making these lightning explosive plays, but it's kind of just that that bruiser keep thumping you up the middle and, and every once in a while break one for 10, 15 yards and, and then just restart the script all over again. Um, I think an underrated piece to their backfield is Brandon Bolden. I'm going to call him the wild card for this game, for this offense. Um, 26 carries on the year for 141 yards, an average of 5.4. But he's also the running back they really like to get involved in the passing game. And... On the season, he has 31 receptions for 296 yards and adds a touchdown there. And this is just the kind of guy that's dangerous in space. He has great vision. Um, Looking it up for this episode, I kind of expected him to have a faster 40 time. Uh, He ran a 4.66 40 time at the combo. So he's not exactly, you know, like a lightning burner. Um, But just kind of watching him when he gets the ball in space and, and kind of cre- creates the own seams and the vision he has to, to make big plays when the ball is in his hands, I, th- I think he could be a very dangerous weapon for, this, for them in this game. Uh, moving into the receiving core, this is one that on paper, they're not really names that jump off the page and you, you think about as you know like top receivers in the league. Um, but what I think they were able to do with this receiving core is they they don't really have like that true number one wide receiver, um, but they do have a stable of like very competent number two, maybe number three receivers on most teams. And the way it's all gelling together, the the ball moves around really well, and they're all contributing in their own ways. And I think they play off of each other very well and, and make a pretty good receiving core. Um, so the biggest name here, I guess, would be Jacoby Myers. Um, one touchdown in his career. I don't know if that changed this past week, but I, I know it was a story for a while. He was like three years into his career and never had a receiving touchdown. Uh, finally took the lid off the basket there. And then you got Nelson Aguilar. He's the type of guy that can really take the top off the defense. Um, we've seen him make a few plays this year just really with speed. Um, he's kind of had an inconsistent career, and 
and I wasn't all that concerned about him going to New England, but he's carved out a pretty nice, pretty nice role for himself here. Um, Kendrick Bourne is one that really has kind of surprised me. They brought him in in free agency. They they paid a pretty good price for him, and I, I just I didn't get the move. I didn't like the move for them. Um, but he's really had a resurgence with the Patriots on the season so far, 42 catches, 623 yards. And the big one for me here is five touchdowns. And he's just really interesting to me because I didn't expect him to really come in and do much. And clearly there was something, you know, the smarter people made a a good football decision. Um, But I think he's been a really pleasant surprise for this offense. And, the combination of Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and then having Aguilar that kind of stretches the field um, mixed with the tight ends, which we'll get to, are it, it really ends up being a, a pretty overall solid group. And then just a couple other the receivers on the team. They have Enkeel Harry, who's the first-round pick a few years ago, has been largely disappointing with the Patriots. I think there was even a trade request somewhere in there. And then uh, Gunnar Olszewski and Matthew Slater, um, both those guys don't really factor into the offense much, um, but they do contribute on special teams, and I would say that they are both elite special teams players. Um, getting into the tight ends on this team, uh, you've heard all about him. Uh, in the offseason, they went out and brought in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, making them the number one and number two highest paid tight ends in league history in guaranteed money. Um, so I, I feel like this was kind of Bill Belichick's attempt to recapture that Gronk Hernandez dynamic that they had earlier on in Brady's career. And I mean, overall, I guess I'd say it's working pretty well. Um, Hunter Henry, 35 catches, 394 yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, to kind of per- put it into perspective, the season Henry's having, you know, we've all been pretty enamored with the with the emergence of Dawson Knox. Um, he has four more catches than Knox, 20 less yards, and they're tied for um, the same amount of touchdowns leading the league for tight ends with seven. And with John o. Smith, I, I feel like, despite not having huge production this season, he's still a really dangerous weapon that you have to keep an eye on. He's kind of more of that that wide receiver in a tight end body. He has great athleticism. Um, they'll get him involved in like a tight end jet sweep, some tight end screens. And I feel like with the production that Hunter Henry has had, this might be the type of game where the Patriots really try to you know, catch us sleeping on Jonu Smith and and really use some of his athleticism and kind of force the ball into his hands and let him go make plays. The offensive line for the Patriots, I'm saying that this offensive line is one of the best groups in the league, uh, if not the best. Uh, you have Isaiah Wynn, Ted Karras, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Trent Brown. And they're Trent Brown spent some time on the IR this year. He's back in the lineup. Um, and I guess I would say the weakest spot on this line is Ted Karras at the left guard. 
Um, but even at that, I still feel like he's at least an average to above average guard. And then David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Isaiah Wynn, they're, they're all very good linemen in this league. And they create holes for their running backs. And they've done a, they've done a pretty good job of keeping Mac Jones upright. Um, they have they have allowed some sacks on the season, um, but I feel like that's also maybe a little bit of you know a rookie quarterback holding onto the ball a, a little bit too long on some plays. Um, but overall, they're able to keep Mac Jones very clean. He gets the ball out really quickly, and this offense is a lot of you know the dink and dunk in the passing game, and it's it's the same offense that we've seen with the Patriots. Um, for 20 years with Tom Brady, they they do a lot of the misdirection, screenplays, um, just getting the ball to their playmakers in space. Um, and overall, I, I think that this is going to be a game where we might have to get the linebackers involved in a little bit of, you know, blitzes and just helping out the front four a little bit. I, I feel like the the natural pass rush from the front four is it's just going to be a little bit more difficult in this in this game with that offensive line. That's going to wrap us up for the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come right back and dive into this Patriots defense. All right, welcome back to the Wandering Buffalo podcast and thank you again for joining me tonight. We are going to jump right back into this Patriots preview. Um, looking at the defensive side of the ball, and then I will wrap up with some predictions for the game, some keys to the game, what I think the Bills really need to do to to pull out a W here. Uh, so starting out with the defensive line, um, left to right we have Dietrich Weiss, Lawrence Guy, Devon Godshaw, and Chase Winovich, and more of a rotation player, but I also threw Christian Barmore in here. Um, he's a guy that I was really interested in, in the Bills looking at in the draft, um, just as a big-bodied, athletic space eater in the middle. And overall with this defensive line, I, I feel like there's not really names that pop out on paper or really stuff the stat sheets, but this is overall a very stout defensive line. Um, just everybody doing their jobs. They're very good against the run, and kind of keep the linebackers free to make plays. Um, and as we get into the linebackers here, we'll see just how effective that is because the linebacking core really benefits from from the job that the, the front four here does. Um, Chase Winovich, got to mention his hair. His hair is fantastic. Looks like he uses some great conditioner. Maybe maybe blow dries it before the game. I don't I don't know, but he's got some top-notch hair there. Uh, and then Lawrence Guy, if if they want to leave him behind after the game, you know, let us fill him in right up right up in our front four here. I wouldn't I wouldn't be too mad about that. So maybe we make some phone calls, work out a a midnight deal with uh, Belichick. I'm sure he'd be up for that. Um, but we'll move into the linebackers here, and I I think this is the real strength of the defense, and. It's still the strength of the defense to me, even with Josh Uche on on the IR. I think that's, I guess, I'll say the silver lining to this linebacker core, that we don't also have to deal with him. 
Um, but you have Matthew Judon, Dante Hightower, um, Kyle Van Noy, and then Jawan Bentley. Um, and Matthew Judon was one of those high-priced free agents that they brought in this offseason. And I was a little... I was a little leery of that. I wasn't sure, you know, how he would fit into this New England scheme and, you know, if he kind of... Oh, hi, Shasta. Dog's joining the show for those of you that can't see. Um, I just wasn't really sure if Judon was exactly a scheme fit for New England and if his numbers were a little inflated being in that Baltimore defense. And goddamn, did he show up for the Patriots. Um, 11 and a half sacks on the season already. And he just looks fired up out there all the time. He wears number nine. I hate the number nine on a linebacker, but it looks good on him. I have to say, um, but he, he's that type that can just, you really need to game plan for him or he could just really ruin your day. And it makes me feel a little bit better that it looks like we should be getting Spencer Brown back this game. Um, Feliciano started practicing again. Um, so maybe we kind of see our offensive line healthy again in the way we intended to be. Um, but even with that, I feel better with Spencer Brown in the lineup, but I mean, he's also still a rookie. Um, he's coming off of COVID. He's had a little bit of ups and downs this season, but overall looked pretty good. But I mean, Judon has like I said, 11 and a half sacks, and he's played against all kinds of offensive lines in this league and been able to do it. So I think this is a huge test for Spencer Brown, and if if he can come out with a really good game, it's going to make me feel really great about his future going forward. Um, but he's going to be tested in this game. Um, Van Noy, we know very well, right? He he was with a long stay with the Patriots. He went over to Miami for a couple of years. Didn't really work out there. Um, and now he's back with the Patriots. Um, he adds another four sacks and two forced fumbles as well as an interception. Um, I think whatever it is with this scheme and the way the Patriots use Van Noy, uh, he really really fits with this defense and he's a much better player with new England than, than he was with Miami. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit to do with the pieces that are around him. Um, whatever the case is, I mean, he's, he's having a good season this year. Um, and then another guy that we know all too well, Dante Hightower, just really that leader of the defense. He's been with the Patriots forever. Um, just really knows the system, really makes smart plays, and he's always in the right position. And like I said, I feel like the front four of this defense really allows the linebackers to move freely and, and make the plays that they're making. Um, so the linebacking core on this team is one that I'm, I'm really worried about. Um, but overall, just a very good defense for the Patriots. And then as we move into the secondary... There's two very good corners uh, in J.C. Jackson and Jalen Mills. Um, J.C. Jackson, I feel like he's his development is what made them comfortable letting Gilmore go. Um, he's got a forced fumble on the season, and then he's second in the league with seven interceptions. Um, so definitely a guy that can 
you know, really impact the game with turnovers. Um, but really kind of that true shutdown corner, you really want to try to avoid throwing his way. I know Josh and his arm talent, he's never really one to shy away from a defender like that. Um, but JC Jackson is, he's just kind of, he's developed kind of year over year and he's turned into just a very good cornerback. And, if it wasn't against, you know, a rival Patriots, I'd I'd be pretty impressed with him, but having to play against him isn't isn't so much fun. And then on the other side you have Jalen Mills. I think he's a pretty good cornerback. Um maybe a little bit above average and kind of benefits from the rest of the defense. Um but this was this was a another free agent acquisition in the offseason that they made the move, and I was kind of eh, meh. No, I think he's, I think he's okay, but he's definitely somebody I'm. I'm definitely targeting him over J.C. Jackson, and I'm doing it early, and I'm doing it often. And then with the safeties, another mainstay with the Patriots, Devin McCourty, just again that that veteran leadership, um, helping make sure everybody's in the right places, knows their assignments, they're doing the right thing. And then you have Kyle Duggar. Uh, I believe it was two, three years ago, there was a lot of talk about, you know, that the quote-unquote Buffalo nickel and that positionless hybrid defender um, that the Bills were coveting, and they are you know, talking about Kyle Duggar being a good fit for that. And seeing how he's, seeing how he's turning out in New England, he seems like a guy that I would love to have on my team. Um he also adds three interceptions on the season, and McCordy has two himself. Um, so I think this is a game where the Bills really need to, Josh in particular, really need to be smart with the football. Um, it's a defense that is good at turning the ball over, both with interceptions and uh, forced fumbles. Um, so I think the number one key to winning this game is being very smart with the football, very safe with it. You know, if the play's not there, don't force it. Um, I think our defense should be able to do enough to limit their offense that if we play kind of mistake-free football, uh, it's going to be very advantageous to winning this game. Um, so that kind of leads into my my first real key to winning this game, and that's, I'd say, winning the turnover battle. Um, if we can play mistake-free, great, but... I, I feel like this is going to end up being, uh, especially if there's some snow in the mix, I feel like this is going to be an old-school, gritty, defensive, grinding game. Um, so if there are opportunities to turn the ball over, you need to capitalize on them. And then, like I said, play very smart with the football. Don't give them extra chances with the ball. Um, Belichick's going to want to control the game on the ground and really limit Josh's opportunities to go out there and score um something belichick's done his whole career um he's very good at keying in on what you do best and trying to take that away and for this bills team that would be trying to keep josh on the sideline as much as possible and then my second major key to winning this game and i guess this one is easier said than done we really need to be effective in the run game. Um, again, especially if there's snow in the forecast and it, it does end up happening. Um, 
I'm not saying you have to, you know, run 60, 70% of the plays, anything like that. Um, but especially with getting this offensive line kind of back healthy, uh, I think you just really need to get that push up front. I hope we see more Brita. I hope he's involved in, you know, the quick passing game as kind of the extension of the run game and really get these running backs going to try to, you know, open up some some things down the field for the receivers. Um, my prediction for this game, like I said, I, I have it being a close defensive matchup. I'm predicting four total turnovers in this game. Um, hopefully, you know, the Bills are on the better side of that. Um, and I got the Bills taking this one in, in a really tough game. Um, Josh needing to score in the fourth quarter to overcome the Patriots. And we bring this one home 24-21. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Um, Andrew and I are always looking for great guests on the show, so you can always find us on social media. Um, hit us up at the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. You can message myself at jgods22 if you want to join the show or just get in the conversation. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are on the built-in Buffalo network, so you can find us there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, pretty much anywhere the internet can take you. You can search The Wandering Buffalo and you'll find us. Um, definitely check out the sh- other shows on built-in Buffalo. Um, different content coming out seven days a week. There's some really great shows on there. Uh, so if you're just looking for you know a little extra fix of Bill's Talk, go go check out some of the other shows. Uh, That's going to wrap it up tonight. We will join you again next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about the Bills' victory over the Patriots. Go Bills!